Welcome to That's What She Said, a podcast of sermons at Galileo Christian Church, Disciples of Christ. Galileo exists to seek and shelter spiritual refugees, who for us are people for whom the church has become boring, irrelevant, exclusive, or even painful, especially people who have been pushed out because of their gender or sexuality. If you yourself are a spiritual refugee, we're especially glad you're listening. It is our seventh Sunday reading from the Gospel of John, reading words of Jesus as he uses metaphors to confidently describe his own identity. I am the gate, I am the way, I am the bread, etc. And we've been talking about how those statements of Jesus inform our identity as followers of Jesus and thus as a church. And we've been correlating those identity statements of Jesus with practices of our co-conspiracy together, a co-conspiracy for which the night has finally come. Just letting you know that in tonight's reading, there are lots of masculine pronouns for God because that's how Jesus referred to God. And so for tonight, we're just going to let Jesus have his say about that. This is from John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been pruned by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you, just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and so that your joy may be complete. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. These last 14 and a half going on 15 months, but who's counting, have been the hardest, weirdest season of my vocational life. I think I've told you, and I've been doing this for a long damn time, so that's really saying something. You already know, I think, that I'm pathologically extroverted, so when all of you went home, and stayed home. I just wasn't quite sure what to do with myself and my heavy heart. 
Over 60 plus Sundays, Steph and I learned to sing and preach to the camera with just about zero feedback except what we could get from the truly hardworking volunteers in the tech booth way back yonder. I saw a tweet early on in the pandemic from a clergy colleague that opined, we are all televangelists now. If the preacher tells a sermonic joke and there's no congregation in the room to laugh, is she funny? <laughs> Crisis of confidence, for sure. It has been a test not just for me, but for all of us who count ourselves a part of Galileo Church. Our life together has, in this season, been evaluated by a whole new set of criteria, like whether in the absence of 100% of our infrastructure, all of our dinners together, our full calendar of karaoke and protest and study and prayer, our collective voices raising the rafters of the big red barn, our sharing of bread and wine hand to hand in memory of Jesus on Sunday nights and lots of other nights, without all that scheduled stuff for our communal sustenance, do the relationships endure? Does the love outlast the virus, I'm asking? And of course, the answer is going to turn out to be yes. To have been yes all along. Yes, the infrastructure we had before was not the thing. It was simply the framework. It was the trellis, if you will, for the thing for love, to grow on, for real relationship, no bullshit ever, to grow on. When my family lived on Long Island in New York, we could drive out east on a two-lane highway towards the very end of that very long island, out where the vineyards are. There were miles and miles of acres and acres of grapes. Big leafy vines snaking laterally along wires strung for their support. Thin wires shimmering like a spider silver thread developed dewdrops suspended where the vines would eventually extend in their thirst for water and sun. And if Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, the tender tendrils of that growing vine stretching and reaching down miles and miles of wires, well then the wires and the posts that hold them up, well those are the church, or rather, those are the church's infrastructure. The church's calendar, the church's budget, the church's internet, the church's staffing decisions, the church's leadership, the church's infrastructure. Let us note, none of that stuff, the calendar, the budget, the staffing decisions, none of that stuff is the vine, nor the branches. It's just the trellis, the inert, inanimate structure that holds the vine and all of its branches up out of the mud so it can grow. And while that structure is important, we know that one way churches can go terribly wrong is to spend more time and energy tending to the trellis than they do to either the vine or its branches. I've seen it, haven't you? And let's be clear, the vine that Jesus is talking about in John 15 is not a vine that just grows for growth's sake. 
the vine he's talking about is not kudzu, thanks be to God. Do you know kudzu? It's a big leafy vine native to East and Southeast Asia that made its way against all reason to North America and especially grows well in the deep southern states. In Alabama, where Lance and I bought our very first house about a million years ago, they actually call it footaniter because that's how fast it grows. We spent many of our weekends in that little house pulling kudzu out of the siding, out of the beams, out of the rafters, miles of that stuff, that useless vine threatening to eat our house the way it eats trees and telephone poles all along country roads in the deep American South. Kudzu is a menace because it takes and takes and takes. It gives nothing back. Not a single useful gift comes from it. Jesus doesn't know from kudzu The only vine Jesus knows is a grapevine. And that vine is very, very, very useful. Its purpose is to make fruit. And the fruit of that vine is grapes. And those grapes ain't for jelly. And there's no such thing as sweet purple welches, not in Jesus' neck of the woods. Those grapes are for just one thing, and that one thing is wine. And Jesus says, as branches growing from himself the vine, we are supposed to be making lots of it. Now, there's an imperative of the gospel that I can get behind. Wine making, lots of it, as a metaphor for the church's usefulness. Because that's what this is about, right? About our being useful in this world God still loves. Not just growing for the sake of growing like kudzu till everything else is choked out under our weight. Not just tending trellises so we've got the straightest, pun intended, posts and vines, nice and neat, But the whole setup, the vine, its branches, the structure on which it flourishes, well, it's meant to make something happen. It's it's meant to make grapes. Grapes for the gladdening of hearts, wine for the soothing of troubled souls, glasses clinking for the lubrication of friendship and generous hospitality. This is Jesus prefiguring Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We are meant to mature into real usefulness, he says, to have a sense of purpose about our existence as his followers. Maslow calls it self-actualization. Jesus calls it bearing fruit. Neither of them called it being a good Christian. I mean, I know I've told you this before, but it bears repeating. Jesus was not interested in making people good Christians. He was interested in helping people become good humans. Grow some grapes, he said. Make some wine. Find a way to fulfill your calling as a human branch on the vine that is me. Of course, you're going to have to expect some pruning along the way, Jesus says. I mean, that's how vine growing works, right? If a branch isn't bearing fruit, it gets cut off and thrown away. But also, he educates us, figuring rightly that most of us have very little idea of how this great growing thing works. 
there's plenty of pruning involved for the branches that are bearing fruit so that they bear more. Pruning in this scenario is not punishment. It's nothing to fear. It's caretaking. It's helping us open our hands to let go of anything in our life that's keeping us from flourishing on that vine. Anything that does not go toward the project of grape growing, anything that's not useful for the project of God getting more of what God wants. It's just out of here, Jesus says, if you're going to branch out of me, let it go, burn it up, don't look back. So today is the seventh Sunday in our consideration of the seven practices of the co-conspiracy of Galileo Church. These are seven habits of life that we have identified among people who say yes to prioritizing the mission of our church from year to year. Not because we do them perfectly. That's not how they made the list. They made the list because we aspire to do them well. And we find that by wanting these things, we become more and more the humans that God wants us to be. It's a process, we're saying. And each year when we say yes to the co-conspiracy, we're simply saying yes, we're in it, we're in process, letting ourselves be transformed from one degree of glory to the next by the power of the spirit of the living Christ within us, alongside people who are leaning in the same direction so that no one is trying to be or do any of this stuff alone. And today, on the seventh Sunday of this series, we've arrived at the seventh of those practices, cultivation of spiritual gifts for the life of our church and our community. To be perfectly pedantic for a minute. Let me point out a couple things about that statement. One, it says cultivation, which goes really well with this whole vine and branches metaphor because cultivating has to do with tending something, usually something that you planted in the dirt and fertilized with shit so it'll grow. I'm not going to pretend to know more about that than I know because all the cultivating that's happening out at the Hayes Poppy Homestead is really not by my hand. But I am well aware that it involves dirt and shit. And I'm well aware that you've probably got some of both of those in your own life. Dirt and shit. Take heart, friend, because that is how the good stuff grows. Two, when we say spiritual gifts... Honestly, we are talking about any gift of yours that is inspired and empowered by the spirit of the living Christ. It might be the gift of diligent attention to detail or the gift of entertaining toddlers or the gift of using tools to repair old stuff or build new stuff out of old stuff or the gift of financial generosity or the gift of giving rides to the airport or the gift of hope-filled positivity, or the gift of difficult truth-telling, or the gift of quiet listening, or the gift of noisily insisting on justice. It could be so many things. The windy Holy Spirit blows where she will, and it's a fool's errand to try and constrain her to any certain set of things that we already know for sure she can do through us. 
The point is, you might already know what your spiritual gifts are, or you might need some help to figure them out now, and that's all part of the practice of Galileo's co-conspiracy. That's the cultivation part. Finally, the cultivation of spiritual gifts is, quote, for the life of our church and our community. That is to say, these gifts are like grapes on a vine. They are useful in this world God still loves. And so what we are really saying when we say cultivation of spiritual gifts for the life of our church and our community is it's a practice of this co-conspiracy to be useful, to grow into usefulness, like a branch from Jesus, the one true vine, stretching along that infrastructure trellis that we have built for exactly this purpose. So can I tell you all the weirdest thing that happened at Galileo Church during the pandemic? We had some extra time, see, because we weren't planning any parties or fixing any meals for each other. We weren't driving any kids to camp. We weren't setting out those signs and changing the toilet paper as often as we normally do, the extra time we had, we weren't really sure what to do with. And so the church leaders decided to spend some time imagining what it's going to look like when Galileo Church is no more. Not because we thought we couldn't survive a pandemic, thanks be to God. We already knew that we could. But because we know deep down that there will come a time when our life together will not be as useful as it once was. A someday season when we become a branch that's just not bearing much fruit. It won't be because we're bad or unfaithful. We just think that it's part of the normal life cycle of all living things to age out. Dying is not punitive. It's just the way things go. So we wrote and rewrote and eventually adopted a dissolution policy for our congregation. It's really one of just a very small handful of documents we have that govern certain aspects of our life together. We need a dissolution policy now because for the first time in our eight years as a church, we've actually got some assets that our future selves might fight over if we don't take steps now to keep our future selves from doing that. So we wrote a document. It's like a letter from us now to us someday. It outlines how we will be as honest and transparent and fair and kind at the end of our congregational life as we have been in these beginning years. We wrote a document that says, how we will show love for each other, even when we have gotten to the end of our fruit-bearing, heart-gladdening, glass-clinking usefulness. I don't know, maybe you'll think I'm weird, and maybe it is yet another symptom of how the pandemic screwed with my emotional baseline, but I carried away a lot of joy from that process, from thinking together, about the eventual someday when the most faithful thing our church can do is stop. 
joy, I think, because today is not that day. Every day is not that day until it is, but not today. Today, church, we are a strong, if somewhat traumatized, vine. We repaired that broken infrastructure on the fly, the blessed Holy Spirit and Steph making a way where there was no way. And we held steady, remaining useful, still growing, still making grapes, still doing justice for LGBTQ people, still doing kindness around mental illness and mental health and celebrating neurodiversity still doing so much beauty for our God who is beautiful, still doing real relationship the best we could, no bullshit ever, still doing whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. We did a lot of life together these last 14 and a half, going on 15 months, I'm saying. With God's help, we did. The invitation to the co-conspiracy for the coming year is thus for more than holding steady. You are invited tonight to what I am sure will be a year of flourishing on the vine that is Jesus. You are invited to a year for pulling every nutrient out of the dirt and shit you bring with you. It is a year to seek the sun, to stretch and grow for miles and miles and acres and acres. It is a year for bearing fruit, church, and making wine and finding ourselves useful by the presence and power of the spirit of the living Christ within us. With God's help, we will. We will with God's help. Amen. Thanks for listening to That's What She Said. This podcast is preached almost always by our lead evangelist, Reverend Dr. Katie Hayes. Galileo Church has five missional priorities. We do justice for LGBTQ plus people and those who love them. We do kindness to those in mental and emotional distress and celebrate neurodiversity. We do beauty for our God who is beautiful. We do real relationship, no bullshit, ever. And we do whatever it takes to share this good news with the world God still loves. To support the production of this podcast and the ongoing missional priorities of this church, go to GalileoChurch.org and click on Conspire With Us. You'll have options to use your Venmo or PayPal or use your credit card or bank account. Any amount helps. And if you're kind enough to share your contact information with us, we'll continually send you thanks. Peace.